G'day, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Matt and Tim's Road to Busso. G'day, Matt. G'day, Tim. Well, this is the, the pinnacle of the podcast, the Road to Busso. We've been on this journey for more than two years, and yep. it's now done. It is. Yeah, it's um, yeah. two weeks ago uh, yep. we did the big race, and um, yeah, what a day. It was... Um, it was massive and we both made it to the finish line. So yeah, we um, achieved our goal. We did. Well, let's get straight into a race recap. I think we're going to spend this episode unpacking how the day went, mm. how it unfolded and yeah, what played out. We'll fill the whistles in. It's time to reminisce. Race review. We got, got to transition area on race day, Matt, at about... 6 a.m. I think transition area was due to close about 6.30 because um, we'd put all our bikes and all that sort of stuff in, had to get all that done the day before. It did seem like it was a little bit of a rush getting over to the start line. I don't know, that that half hour just disappeared pretty quickly, didn't it? Yeah, I suppose there is still a little bit to do in the morning and, um, yeah, just, just making sure you've got your final nutrition sorted and uh, race numbers on that sort of thing and you definitely don't want to leave anything behind so yeah it definitely goes quick got to eat breakfast as well so yeah we we maybe were cutting a little bit fine um but yeah we got down to the transition area all right in the end so it was good did you get a warm-up swim in before the race yeah i did yeah i um i was in a i think the wave behind you just yep. one behind you yep. at the start of the swim. So um, I reckon you got you were you were running a little bit late. I think you you took off and had a warm up run to in your wetsuit to yep. the start line yep. to get to your way. Um, I strolled down the beach and had a little swim and um, tested out the water and then got got down to my way start with um, still still a bit of time to go. So um, although I did see you standing on the beach in the middle of the wave, so. Even though you rushed down there, you were still still in there with plenty of time. Yeah, managed to squeeze my way through and, and, and get to a spot. And then uh, sure enough, as I was sort of standing there, saw uh, Mick and Cynthia. <laughs> yep. uh, so for those that have listened um, to the lead-up episodes to the race, um, our friends Mick and Cynthia, we, we had a bit of a head-to-head wager, me versus Mick and you versus Cynthia. So yeah. I managed to uh, line up my start. I was trying to, I was trying to go behind Mick. Um, yeah, but I, managed I was going to ask where you were in relation to them. I managed to let a few people just go through. I said, yeah, yeah, go through, go through. And I just waited my turn trying to be at the same because they were letting people go four at a time, basically. Um, mm. And I thought I had him lined up and then Mick, Mick stepped back one. So he was one behind me. <laughs> Uh, so let's get let's get stuck into race review. But but before we talk about the swim in a bit more detail, um, let's just talk overall times. So, do you remember what your finish time was? Yeah, I reckon I crossed the line twelve hours twenty five minutes three seconds. You did indeed. So the positive was it was maybe thirty minutes quicker than my last Ironman in Port Mac. So yep. Um, yeah, it was good to a PB. And I managed to just sneak in just under 10 hours. So I came the official finish time, nine hours, 59 and 16 seconds. So it was nice to get under the um, that 10 hour mark. 
All right. So swim-wise, Matt, do you want to just talk us through how, how the swim played out for you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as, as we were saying, um, you were in the wave ahead of me. I was one behind you. So I think it was the one hour five to one hour 16 sort of time bracket. So um, that should have been pretty achievable for me. Um, in the end, I, I think I actually did an hour and 19. Um, so yeah, a little, little bit slower than I was expecting, but I just talking to a few other people, I think the times were generally a little bit slower. Um, yeah. Just, just there was a bit of chop and current out there and um, yeah, but yeah, the, the first half of the swim league was really good pretty happy with uh, the pace that I set out with. Um, and yeah, obviously there's a second where you get out of the water, run run around a marker on the beach and then back in for the second lap. Um, once I got onto that second lap, I reckon maybe 500 metres to go, I, I did really start to feel some fatigue in my arms, which I'm not, I, I think that was probably largely to do with the wetsuit being a bit, it's yeah. small for me. Yep. So just the, the the swim distance and just that gradual fatigue with the wetsuit, um, I really did, did notice that. And, um, yeah, by the end, I was pretty glad to actually be out of the water and have that leg done. But, yeah, overall, three minutes probably slower than I was expecting, um, which, yeah, in in a long day of racing, that's neither here or there. So I was, I was really happy, yeah. So you obviously started in a, in, in a wave that was suitable enough um, speed-wise. So I'm assuming you didn't have a, a million people swimming over the top of you um, in this race? No, it was it was pretty good on that front. The The water was really clear there, and and I think I was pretty well seeded in my wave. So I actually found a lot of feet to follow throughout the swim leg, and, and if anything was just sort of coasting along for a yep. lot of it, um, yep. just trying to conserve energy and and pace myself rather than trying to um, race really aggressively during the swim. So, yeah, it, it was um, overall, I thought, yeah, pretty good, good uh, leg for myself. Yeah. And in um, terms of your head-to-head race with Cynthia, did you time how far in front she started? <laughs> no, and being a wave in in front as well yeah. um it, it just wasn't it wasn't impossible to see where she was um ahead of me and and to yeah. try and time that yeah it wasn't possible so i actually didn't didn't give it much much thought at the time um yeah but um probably thought about it a little bit more deeper into the race yeah so tim um obviously we've chatted a little bit about just your um positioning in the wave relative yep. to mick and cynthia um so go on from there how how did you actually um approach the swim lake did you have a plan in mind and and how did that unfold for you yeah well look overall like you i felt the swim was slow um and i do think that was as in part due to the conditions i also think it was in part due to probably my minimal swim training in the lead up but like the overall conditions for the day and I know we'll talk about this more as we talk about the bike and the run but it was quite a windy day and right from the outset so I think um, you know there was was a bit of chop on the water 
um, which probably slowed things down a little bit. Um, I was in the first wave. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I think I started out all right. My pace was okay, but just looking at my sort of splits, I sort of dropped off um, progressively through the swim and, and wound up coming in, in in about an hour and 10, I think my swim was. Um, yep. I had a few issues with my goggles fogging up. So sort of a, a few hundred meters in my goggles fogged up. And so I, I found it pretty hard to sight the boys. And so I was really just relying on um, trying to see people swimming around, around near me and hoping I, they were going in the right direction. Um, and unlike you, I, I really didn't find any feet to, to swim on. Um, so whenever I'd sort of get on someone's feet, um, either they'd be too quick for me or I'd be, um, I'd be too quick for them. And so I didn't really benefit much from that throughout the swim, but that wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Um, and then the other, the other issue I battled, um, so, so everyone says, you know, don't use new equipment and all that sort of stuff in a race. And as you know, I had a new wetsuit that I didn't actually try until we were over in Bustledon. Um, and in our, one of our practice swims, I'd had some chafing under my left arm. So I, and that was still a bit, bit raw. So I'd bandaged that up and really Vaseline that side of the wetsuit really heavily. Of course, I didn't do that on the right side because that hadn't been an issue in the practice swim, but during the actual swim, that chafed really badly. And so from about 1.5 Ks, I could just feel that, um, you know, every stroke on my right arm, it's like, just feel that rubbing. So that was a bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah. and, and I know for future, I need to Vaseline that side pretty hard as well. Um, yeah. So it, fortunately, it didn't, didn't bother me after getting out of the swim. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, that was a bit annoying and, you know, it just plays on your mind. But yeah, yeah. I, overall, slow, slow. I felt slow on the swim. I wanted to do a bit closer to... I was probably hoping for an hour and five, um, realistically. Um, but it is it is what it is. It was good good to get out and run into transition and uh, and head towards the bike. Yeah, and um, just keeping in check with Mick and Cynthia. Um, did you did you see them at all during the swim leg? Like obviously you started pretty close together. Did you try and keep an eye on them? Did you see them? coming out of the water in transition, anything like that? Did, did you no, um, try and keep track of them? No, I didn't at all. I, I My main intention was really just to try and, or I, one, I was trying to hopefully start behind Mick and, and just know the yep. gap um, yep. so that I could figure it out later in the race. But I knew Mick would be ahead of me on the swim. Um, but no, no, didn't sight him. And I think like just looking at his times, um, he definitely had, had a few minutes on, on me um, on the swim and and he would have been well out of transition onto the bike probably um, by the time I got into the transition area. So, yep. his, yeah, his swim was about 104 and his transition was four and a half minutes. So probably just as I'm coming out of the water, he's getting on the bike. Yeah, okay. And um, obviously after the swim, we rolled into transition. Um Fill us in on, did you have any dramas um, during the transition? Were you happy with how that went? And um, we've mentioned in previous podcasts that you usually try and eat a banana in the transition, which which in the past has slowed you down 
significantly. Uh, did you stick to your tradition of doing that or did you um, change change your tactics at all for this race? <laughs> no, I, I knew where you were going with that that uh <laughs> that line of questioning that's why i was laughing um yeah i did stick to my tradition and i did have the banana that was part of my nutrition plan that i'd um rapidly or you know last minute compiled together on the saturday <laughs> um yeah. but no the transition went all right like i do think i could be quicker in transitions i i struggled a bit to get out of the wetsuit apparently you're meant to be able to get out of those wetsuits pretty easily but perhaps it's just because i haven't practiced it um yeah but no, trans transition went all right. I don't put socks on or anything like that. So I had my shoes on the bike and just just ran out with the bike once I'd had my banana and you know got my wetsuit off. Um, yeah, so I kind of just cruised through there, not um, not as quick as I could have been, but I wasn't wasn't trying to be um, super quick really. Yep. All right. So you want to move on to the bike now? Yeah, let's talk through the bike leg. All right. Well, tell us how how you went on the bike yeah um so i sort of pre-race i thought six hours would be realistic for the bike leg um yep. and should, should be able to get in um somewhere under six hours and thought if i had a really good day maybe even 545 or or if i had a great day even closer to five and a half hours but mm-hmm. um you mentioned, and um, I agree with this. The the conditions were very windy, and we had a lot of crosswind for the mm. for the day. So um, there were times where it was sort of hard going um, on the bike. But um, yeah, I, overall my time was five. I think five hours fifty two. So I got in under the six hours, which I was um, wrapped about. Um, so so just on the on the crosswind, like I don't know about yep. you, but it felt like. Like I think it was predominantly crosswind. There's a couple of little legs where you were smack into the into a headwind, um, yep. d- direct on. But I think because it was crosswind, it it just felt like a headwind all day. Did you find that? Yeah, I I did. I I spoke to quite a few people after the race, and I don't think I found it as much of an issue as maybe what other people had. Um, yeah, it was. I had my own set of issues on the bike leg, um, but really the the wind just wasn't um, a big factor for me. I even even on the sections where we're going into the headwind, um, yeah, I was I was still riding really strong and and quite quite a good pace. Um, I really didn't drop off that much from what I had been doing on other sections. So yeah, it, it just didn't play into um, my day that much. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I, like I listened to um, a recap on the How They Train podcast with um, Max Newman and Steve McKenna, who were first and second in the race in the in the pros, and they both mm. comment commented on the windy conditions and um, that it was quite challenging um, yeah. in, in there. And I, I think it was Max might have said, "Yeah, it felt like a headwind all day." So it was it was good. I, I felt a bit uh, reassured that it wasn't just me feeling that. So <laughs> interesting, interesting that you didn't didn't uh you know that didn't bother you as much but perhaps that was due to some of the other challenges you face so yeah maybe keep keep running running through how you went yeah oh um it, actually on the on that comment about the pros um it's interesting that they said it felt hard but they had some of the quickest um bike um times for that course ever so 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know whether that was just more psychological um, feeling the wind or, or whether um, they actually would have gone quicker had the conditions been different. But, yeah, it was interesting to hear those comments um, mm. too. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so the, the issues I had, uh, there's prob probably three, three segments of the bike leg. So the, the first one was just coming out of the swim and, um, obviously I'd felt it a bit in my arms and shoulders, um, in, in the swim leg. And then probably the first 10 Ks on the bike, I actually couldn't, couldn't get down on the aero bars at all. Oh, really? Um, yeah, just the pain in my shoulders. Um, so I actually had to sit up for the first 10 Ks and I was getting quite worried that it's going to be a long day if I can't get down on the aero bars. So, um, yeah. And the other thing I was really trying to manage for that first 10 Ks is just um, letting my heart rate settle after the swim. So it really spiked up um, out of the swim and in, in transition. And so yeah that, that took quite a while to settle down and I, I think i might have only been averaging about 25 kilometers an hour for that first 10k so pretty slow for me um easing into it yeah yeah but as soon as my heart rate was down and settled yeah just just um got going and so that, that was the first bit um had a pretty good first half um uh, so first lap around the around the course and then I actually used utilize a special needs bag so mm -hmm. um, pulled in at about 93 94 k's um, grabbed a bit of nutrition and then got back out onto the course again and I, I think I just lost focus with that um, special needs sort of zone and for the next five or ten k's I didn't I wasn't in the aero position I was sitting up I was stuffing around with nutrition bottles and food and trying to get myself organized and it was just like I forgot that I was in a race and was supposed to be going fast so, so I had another good 10k's or I think I was only doing maybe 25 27k's <laughs> an hour so um so that wasn't great and then suddenly it just clicked in my mind and I was like hang on, you're going slow and just need to pick up here. So um, got down the aero position, got my average speed up and got going again. And then the third section was, I think I was about 150 Ks into the ride and my stomach just started to turn. Um, mm. So just felt nauseous and started retching and yeah, just, just not good at all. And I, I don't know exactly what it was whether it was a nutrition issue or um yeah don't know whether just just the time on the bike and in the aero position and and riding fairly hard just sort of caught up with me but yeah that that took the edge off me for another maybe 10 k's and then the final 20 k's i grabbed some gatorade at the last drink station started drinking that felt great again and and had my i think my quickest 20Ks was actually the last 20Ks of the bike leg. So, um, yeah, rolled rolled into um, T2, feeling quite good again. Yeah. So. And your um, overall all time for the bike? Yeah, 5.52. So, um, despite those slow sections, I still was comfortably under the six hours. So, 
um, yeah, I was, I was pretty pleased overall. Um, so by that point, I was still kind of on track for my time I was aiming for. Yeah. yeah. So all, all was going pretty well. So, and did, um, you, and now, did, you, did you see Cynthia at all out, out there? No, didn't see Cynthia at all. Um, I saw Mick, I think it was one of the turnaround points on the second lap. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't see you at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I really didn't have much of an idea of my position relative to you guys. Um, but I knew you were all ahead of me. Um, but that's about as far as I knew. Yeah. And in terms of your nutrition, um, the question I have for you is the Turkish delight. So you pack them on your bike the day before, so they're sitting in the sun. Um, yeah. <clears throat> fortunately, it was a fairly overcast day on race day, so the sun wasn't out, which kept the heat out of it. But did they survive? Were they in good shape when you ate them? I, I'm actually not even sure if I ate them. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's why your stomach turned. It was craving Turkish maybe, delight. Maybe. I think I... They were sort of there as more of an option. I, I sort of planned that maybe once every hour I might take one, but that was a little bit dependent on um, how the rest of the nutrition plan was going. But, um, yeah, I, I think I just stuck to the liquid nutrition I had and um, three hours in switched to a little bit of Coke, which that might have been the thing that upset me. And yeah. um, I think I had a gel in there as well. Uh, but n- nothing was done that I hadn't done in training and was really comfortable with. So hard, hard to know yeah, what exactly triggered it. Yeah. So, so that period where you were struggling um, with your nutrition and, you know, retching and uh, did you actually lose any nutrition in that stage at all? Yeah, I, I think I did at one point yeah. because a cyclist took a pretty wide berth. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of looking at me, oh, this guy doesn't look good. Um, and I think it was some people that I've been riding with for quite a while. So we'd sort of been um, back and forth passing each other. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so how did you cope with that that period, like mentally? Like how did you sort of keep your head in, in the race and, and kind of problem solve through it and um, kind of, you know, yeah. stay focused, I guess? Yeah, well, initially I, I, there was a little bit of panic and I just thought this is way too early for this to be happening. And also I just started to think, oh, this could be my race done right here. Um, and then so I really thought, no, I've got to, got to figure this out. So I, I stopped drinking the Coke and just, just tried a few other um nutrition so the other liquid nutrition i had i tried a bit of water from a drink station i tried um i think a gel um just just to see what would sit in my stomach and and none of it would so um so the last resort was just i'm just going to have nothing for the next half an hour 40 minutes and um so i went with that option and and i gradually over time just started to feel a little bit better and better in the stomach. But I was also getting concerned that dehydration, um, mm. lack of energy could become an issue here. So I was coming towards the last drink station by then and um, pulled in, grabbed a bottle of water, just threw a bit of Gatorade electrolyte in it and 
just thought that's my last last resort now and and um in training that it usually sat pretty well in my stomach even in towards the end of long bike rides so um and that did did the trick like as soon as i started drinking that just felt better and better and better and um yeah felt felt pretty good uh, for the last bit of the ride so yeah obviously um i didn't see you at all on the bike and i don't think i've actually had much of a chance to chat to you about the specifics of how you went so yeah give me a run through on on just overall how how the bike leg went and were there any um sort of critical moments in that that 180 k's for you yeah so i think um as i said before i found the wind pretty difficult particularly uh, on the way out on the lap it was perhaps slightly better on the way back in um so that that was a challenge. I was looking for Mick at every one of the turnaround <laughs> points. Um, so because because the bike leg had a few different branches, um, you know, there's quite often points where you've got to do a U-turn and then you come back and then you're onto another branch. And and I was looking for Mick in a red tri suit because I knew the day before he'd bought a new suit. It was red. Um, anyway, so every kind of red person, I was, yeah, is that Mick? Is that Mick? None, none of them were, and it was about seventy k's in that um, I I saw him because he yelled out at me something like "you monster," <laughs> and um, I realised he wasn't wearing a red suit, <laughs> and he was wearing his 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 older uh, triathlon suit, um, and it was pretty funny when he yelled out at me like I was just overtaking a, a lady, and and she said, "Is is he yelling at you or is he yelling at me?" <laughs> Um, so I assured her that he was yelling at me, um, and that we were in a, in a head to head race. And so he was a lot closer than I thought he was going to be. So he was probably, you know, only a few hundred meters ahead of me, um, at at that stage. And so I'd, I'd obviously ridden a fair bit of time into him in the first, um, that first 70 Ks. And I think looking at our time, so at 90 Ks, I, I, I went through 90 Ks at two and a half hours. So I was, I was flying really. Um, that was uh, well ahead of uh, my sort of expected pace. And I, I did drop off in the next 90 Ks, but I'd put six minutes into Mick in that first 90 Ks. So um, I was seeing him at all those turnaround points and um I could see in the second lap that he was he was starting to get away from me a little bit, but I just wanted to make sure that gap didn't get too um, too big, and I, I sort of wanted to make sure I was within ten minutes was what I had in mind because I figured I could um, could overcome ten minutes on the run, um, but I was also conscious not wanting to burn legs too much, so I did drop off a bit in the second lap. Um, I found it a lot harder to stay in the aero position. Um, on that second lap, I think that was just a bit of fatigue and probably just a bit of, you know, had I lacked those couple of long rides that I would have liked to have get done to have got done in training. Um, but the turnaround points were good for you know just being able to stretch, stretch your neck and that sort of thing. Um, I also took some time about two hours in um, while I was riding, put you know took a couple of minutes just to lather up the sunscreen um, so that I wasn't going to burn um, to smithereens on the run. Um, but overall, yeah, the, the ride went really well. I, I dropped off the pace and, but came in, I think it was about five, five twelve. um, I think was my ride time. Um, if I just look it up, yeah, five twelve. Um, so that was, 
yeah, that was really good. And the nutrition went really well, went uh, according to my last minute plan. That went well. Um, the new chews that I tried, they they all sat well in the gut. So I didn't have any of the issues that you faced. And um, one other question for you, Tim, just, just on the bike leg. Um, I know there's been a fair bit of criticism about drafting in Ironmans lately. And um, yeah, did, did you notice notice any of that going on during the race? Was it um, better having the longer um, two-lap course, do you think? I think on the whole, it was, it was pretty good. I've seen a lot lot worse in you know these races where you know there's big packs of people but i have to um admit on the last lap there was yeah quite a there's a bit of a group that i was near i was really trying to stay the 12 meters um and do the right thing but it was about five or six of them that were just you know blatantly um right on each other's tail um yeah you know what one athlete in particular um and at one stage, I saw officials coming the other way, and you know they had a good look, and sort of thought, oh, they might turn around and actually ping them, but no, they didn't. I, I don't know whether they're allowed to do a UE um, on the course. It might be there might be safety issues, um, but no, like on the whole, I think it was pretty good. The drafting, um, I, I didn't didn't sort of see too many issues out there apart from that sort of last 20, 30 k's. Um, yeah, what about did you see see much of it? No, I thought it was really good. Um, actually, I, I didn't see really any at all. Um, I, I think when you're getting more into the sort of amateur age group sort of races, yeah, there, there was probably some passing that may not have got done in the 15 seconds. But I, I think there's probably a little bit of a relaxed approach on policing that sort of stuff and yeah and, um, it's not really a big yeah. deal in the scheme of things no no that's right so as long as people are making an effort and and um actually passing people and and um yeah yeah doing doing kind of their best then um i don't think that's um yeah seems to be a big deal but no i think really overall no 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 drafting that i saw at all i didn't see any packs form at all and um, yeah, it looked like everyone was well spread out and maintaining that uh, 12 metre gap. Well, that, well, I guess after 180 k's on the bike, and particularly for you, some some challenges in in that. Um, how did you feel getting off the bike, and just perhaps talk us through the transition, and then then take us into the run? Yeah, so came off the bike. Yes, yeah, felt like I'd probably recovered pretty well from the stomach upset. Um, earlier and um, yeah, got into the nutrition, into the transition tent, and um, yeah, sort of getting the runners on that sort of thing. And um, there was actually a guy that I we sort of passed a few times back and forth on the bike, and um, he was sitting just over across from me um, in the transition tent, and we were just sort of asking how each other went, and um, and I kind of said to him, I said, oh. I do not feel like running a marathon now. <laughs> and I must have said it fairly loud because everyone in the transition tents just started laughing at me. <laughs> Probably thinking, why, why why do you even sign up for this race if you don't feel like running a marathon at the end? So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, 
it was um bit of a laugh in there and then yeah got got straight out onto the run course and i really i had a plan in my head that i would start off around five fifteens per kilometer mm-hmm. and um and i would just go as far as i can holding that pace i'd have a gel every half an hour and and some water with the gel and that was just my approach for the marathon so i reckon about two or three k's in i was probably going a smidge quicker than that maybe closer to five minute k's and um and was going all right and then about the third k got a massive stitch and uh started to feel sick in the stomach again and I just thought oh this is not good um and yeah so i i slowed right up and even to the point where i actually started walking hoping that would pass and um it settled a little bit so i started running again as soon as i started running it came back again so i sort of stopped start a fair bit on that first 10k lap um half an hour in i just thought i'll I'll just stick to my plan took a gel took some water um another half an hour in um took another gel some more water (laughs) um i think i was coming through maybe sort of around 14k mark and um just coming into the foreshore area so where all the crowd was and um yeah just got down near the near the pier there and um and just stopped completely and i think your family were just uh right right in front of me and they've said what's going on and yeah it's captured on video uh, (laughs) i've got to have a look at it because i'm sure it's not good but and I've just said to them, oh, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and my stomach was just in knots and I felt so sick. And I just thought, I can't throw up in front of them and in front of this crowd. So I just thought, all I can do is just start running again and try and get out the other side of the foreshore area where there's no crowd. And I didn't, didn't get out at all. I got about right into the centre of center of town where everyone was and then just threw up threw up everything out of us gel water um so yeah it wasn't good someone in the crowd yelled out to me oh you're right (laughs) um as soon as i'd thrown up i thought oh i feel good again and just (laughs) back out on the course started running and it was probably the best i felt for the next few k's um yeah so not not ideal but oh it it caused some issues later later on the rest of the marathon really i i tried to take in a little bit more water gatorade that sort of thing but nothing was sitting well at all so i just made a decision i'd just run the rest of the marathon no no nutrition no water no no nothing um so yeah it turned into a long day um yeah i was hoping to get overall around the eleven thirty, but the marathon ended up taking an extra hour and that's that's mm. what pushed my time out to sort of 12 25 um but yeah the in the end i i sort of set myself the goal to try and break five hours rather than four hours and um got pretty tired at the end i think i got in a few minutes under the five hours with a little bit of cramping at the end and um, a bit of stop start but yeah it was relieved to finally make it to the end of the run league yeah did you contemplate throwing the towel in at all? Like when you're, you know, battling 
you know, being able to keep any nutrition down and all that sort of stuff, did you contemplate, uh, no, um, we might just walk it off? Yeah, I did. Yeah, there was there was another point again, like it was early on in the marathon mm. and the stitch and throwing up just thought, oh, I just don't know whether I'm going to make it. Mm. Um, but yeah, you've just got to clear those thoughts out of your head and just just take it one kilometre at a time and again, try and think your way through it. And um, and yeah, just just thought, no, nah, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been happy in the end if I had it pulled out. So um, just sort of forced myself to keep going really. Yeah, I, like I saw you a few times on, on that, uh, your first couple of laps and I think a couple of times that I saw you, you were walking and yeah, yep. you know, look like you're really struggling. I thought, oh, geez, mm. it's going to be a, a long, long uh, marathon slog for you. But um, when I saw you, I think it might have been on your your last lap. I was I was obviously done by then, um, and just out kind of cheering you along. You, you were moving, um, you know. You probably, you know, not by that stage, you're not going super quick, but you were moving consistently and looked looked pretty good. So to me, it looked like you finished pretty strongly. It, is that how you felt compared to perhaps how you were feeling earlier in the marathon? Yeah, I, I think it was just a bit up and down. Like I had yeah. some sections where I felt really good um, and uh, was back back on track running well. And then, but there were times where that would come to an end and, and you would sort of struggle a bit with various various issues. Like I had the, the timing band on my leg by that stage was cutting into my leg mm. and was causing some issues and um, yeah, a little, as I said, a little bit of cramping in probably the last four or five kilometers. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just probably issues stemming from nutrition, not quite going right and paying, paying some price on that later on in the day. Yeah. And the finish line, you managed to sprint down there and get the crowd going and um, soak up that moment. How, how did that feel? Yeah, good. I I don't actually remember when I when I did Port Mac. I don't actually remember coming down that finishing shoot. Yep. Much. So I actually intentionally made a point of for this Ironman that when I went down that finishing shoot, I would just make sure I really took in the atmosphere and the moment and enjoyed it. And um, yeah, so it was a great feeling running down there. The crowd. They're, they're, by that stage, yeah, there's a lot of people around cheering and um, just a really good atmosphere and coming down that finishing shoot, high fives, just celebrating the moment. So, yeah, it was it was really good fun. Yeah, that's good. Oh, and, and, and I think just a testament to you and, you know, your, your mental fortitude and just ability to kind of push through the struggles and stuff because it obviously wasn't quite the day you had planned, but... You know, to to get through that roller coaster and and deal with the battles that you did and and get get to the finish line, to you know, come in comfortably under your Port Mac time, which I know that was a, a tough day given your your crook on that day. Um, you know, in terms of being actually actually sick before you started the race. Um, so yeah, well well done. Um, great great effort, I reckon, and you should be should be really proud of just your ability to to push through that. Yeah, thanks. So I, th- I think, um, yeah, it's, as I say, we haven't had a lot of time to reflect on it. And 
yeah, it, it's definitely one of the positives I've taken out of it. Uh, probably, probably the two is, is as you say, the uh, doing a PB and pushing through those um, difficult moments in the day. And, and probably every athlete's got those sort of stories. I think mm. um, it's it's such a long day and it's always hard for everything to go perfectly mm. over such a uh, long amount of time. So, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely, definitely pleased uh, with the result. And, um, yeah, yourself, um, obviously, you had a great overall time. And, and um, yeah, from I did see you several times on the run course and, and you look like particularly the first two or three laps you were moving really well um i did i think at one of the turnaround points i sort of made note of where you were and how much distance you were gaining and and thought i i reckon you'll probably catch me before i start my maybe my final lap um and um yeah but for some reason you never came through and i I was actually got a little bit worried at one point that oh, something must have happened to you and you might not actually be going to finish this race. And, um, and then I, I heard later from your family that no, you'd, you'd, um, track through and finished. Um, so yeah, you were, um, yeah, had a, had a pretty good run league overall. So fill us in how you thought it all went from your perspective. Yeah. Look, it, it did. It went well. My run was um, three hours twenty-seven, so which is about um, I think it's about four hours, uh, four hours, four minutes fifty-three per kilometre average. Um, so I was definitely hoping to go go under five-minute k's. I was hoping perhaps that I might be able to run closer to three three hours twenty, which would be about four forty-five. So that's what I was trying to um, pace pace myself at, but. It could just couldn't quite sustain that, so I took a bit of time in transition two to put more sunscreen on and just um, again just just kind of protect myself there. But um, yeah, then got going. I I'd really consciously tried to make sure in the first five k's that I didn't run too hard because I'm I, I tend to do that um, and and probably push a bit hard and then pay for it later on um, and. I still probably ran a little bit quicker than I was intending to, um, but I just I felt pretty good early on. So I was consciously slowing down my pace, but I was still running probably at about four minute thirty k's. Um, and so yeah, taking a bit of time into Mick, I knew he had about seven or eight minutes on me. Um, and so yeah, just just I I wound up overtaking him at about eight kilometers in. Um, and little did I know he was, he was, um, he looked like he'd been running okay. Um, but he was obviously really struggling. He was actually pretty crook and, um, actually wound up dropping out of, out of the run at about, um, halfway through, um, which is a, a bit of a shame for him. Um, and unfortunately it actually did really well to sort of push through to that point. Um, so I overtook him and thought, all right, that's good. I'll, I'll I just got to keep, um, keep pushing on and I knew I was sort of doing the maths all the way through the run to to see if I could um to to get in under sub 10 because and sub 10 for me at, at the outset of the day was probably the dream scenario I thought if I had been able to do the training I could do and had a good day that that 
10 hours would be achievable. Um, but I, I thought that was pretty unlikely just given I hadn't done as much training um, and also given it was going to be windy conditions. So to actually, you know, be on the run leg and know that that was a, a good chance and that I just had to run, you know, a bit under five minute Ks um, to, to do that. So yeah, I was calculating that all the way through and ran really well to about 30 Ks and then, then it got, got hard. <laughs> and so from, from there I was, yeah, I really dropped off the pace and was, um, running at about five minute 15, um, kilometers. I knew I had a bit of time up my sleeve. Um, I tried some Coke at 30 Ks that didn't sit really well. So I stayed off that, um, until the last couple of aid stations. Um, and yeah, just, just had to really guts it out at that point. Um, it was, it was good being able to see my family out on the course and, and they actually sort of were a bit spread out. So, so that was really nice having them at a few different spots, um, just to kind of give you that, that little bit of a lift and encouragement. Um, and yeah, kind of have that spaced out. Um, I, I did, and I know we've talked about this um, before. I I was obviously reasonably well hydrated because I was um, needing to to go to the toilet a bit, so I was just trying to trying to manage that as best I could um, through the run course, and and that was a a, a, a little bit uncomfortable at times. Um, but you know, is what it is. If I had it had have had to actually stop and um, use the facilities, then sub ten wouldn't have happened. Um, so yeah, so I think like the last few kilometres, I I just had to pick up the pace just a little bit um, to to make sure I could come in under sub ten and and a bit like you to make sure I could enjoy that finish line as well. So I managed to kind of get back to five minute um, k's. Um, for that last few Ks and then, yeah, down the finish line, just, you know, found my family and sort of gave them high fives on the way through and, and just sort of walked, walked that section a bit and, and just soaked up, um, the atmosphere and, and the achievement. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, pretty satisfying to cross the line and, um, see that nine on my time. Um, and so, I'd sort of been that last 10 Ks, um, you know, and just kind of battling through that, that tough period. I, I was really trying to go, all right, what, you know, just trying to picture that finish line and, and picture that satisfaction of coming down at a 10. So it was, it was uh, nice to, nice to do that. And yeah, just really surprised actually to, to, to have managed to do that time. Um, so it was a satisfying way to finish, finish the race. Yeah, I think um, congratulations are definitely in order for um, your race. I think you overall the day really came together very well for you, and particularly considering your um, disrupted lead up and preparation for the race. Um, yeah, I, I think um, on the day, and and you've probably done this quite a few times now, where on the day you just managed to pull it all together and um yeah have a good race no matter what sort of prep and lead up you've had so yeah it's it's a great time and um and yeah you, sh- you should be very happy with it i think no i'm i'm very pleased that um 
one of the things actually that came up sort of in that in that in the run when I'd done the marathon a year or two back, um, I programmed a few messages into my watch to um, you know sort of automatically buzz at me at certain time intervals on the run, you know, like nutrition reminders and and just a couple of like encouraging messages. And there was a message that popped up. I think it was about two hours ten into the the run leg, and it 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 just said this is a privilege. Um, so that was actually pretty good because that was about the point where I was starting to struggle. So just kind of having that, um, you know, just on my mind to go, yeah, actually, what well, you know, although this is hard and it, it's 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 a difficult day out, it's a privilege to to be able to do that event. And you know, like I count myself pretty lucky to have been able to put in the training time that I did. You know, the sort of family support to be able to do that. You know, to be able to then travel over over to Bustleton as well, have the family come over and support as well. Um, yeah, pretty pretty lucky to be able to do all that. So grateful um, grateful that we could, could make it happen. So we've run through that recap in a fair bit of detail on, on all the legs, but one thing we haven't covered, so, so we did cover about my head-to-head battle with Mick, but we need to close out the head-to-head battle that you had with Cynthia and just how, that, how did that play out? Who was who was the victor? Um, as far as the uh, wager went, um, she beat me by probably would have been around two hours. So yeah. it wasn't even close. Even if I had had my best day and got around that 11, 11 and a half hours, I still wouldn't have been close. So yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to buy a few rounds of drinks and um, as part of our celebrations of the day and um losing that wager so but that was all good that was part of the fun of it so yeah and and congratulations to cynthia and um you did manage to avoid having to do the beer mile we uh we weren't um we weren't there for that event and so so both you and mick uh didn't need to to front up to that one so that was probably you're probably happy about that too yeah i i think it kind of got lost a bit the next day Mm. I don't think it, we, it didn't cross my mind. Um, I didn't actually know when it happened and uh, where it happened. So I only found out later in the day actually, but yeah, I don't think any, any of us were really thinking too much about that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So big congratulations to Cynthia, 10, 10 hours <coughs> 38, um, cracking performance and commiserations to Mick as well on, on not quite being able to finish, but you know, still a, uh, a really solid day out um, for him, and I know he's got um, more Ironmans in him uh, down the track for sure. Um, so where to from here, Matt? That's Bustleton done and dusted. Is that it for Ironman? You're hanging up the boots, so to speak, or is, is there another one in you? Um, I think I'll give it a bit more time before I make that call. Um... Yeah, I've got no plans to do one in the near future. I've got some other goals that I um, am keen keen to do in still in in running events, sporting events, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I'll probably still do a few shorter triathlons, maybe a um, 70.3 in Geelong um, early next year. But yeah, no no big plans to do another one at this point. Yeah. Obviously, you've broken that 10-hour barrier and had 
probably yeah probably as good a race as you could have on the day um mm-hmm. does that change um your mindset on on future races tim maybe i'm not sure if you had plans to do a, a third one but um yeah does that does that factor into your decisions um going forward yeah i think a bit like you i, I probably haven't really thought too much about it I, look i wouldn't be surprised if i um take up the challenge again but i don't think i'd do that in the next 12 months um i think i'd take a little bit of time i think a bit like you i'm I'm eyeing, eyeing off racing at Geelong, so I'd like to kind of just try and maintain this fitness um, to, for that period. Not that I've really done anything since the race, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, race race the half in Geelong and then, then sort of see what happens um, from there. But, yeah, probably just go back to a bit of... Because it's been two years leading up to this too, So, um, and I know how much it just sort of plays on my mind about thinking about training and like I'm pretty good at squeezing it in where I can and and working around family schedule and all that sort of stuff but I also know that just the way it way it's constantly on my mind that you know I'm I'm a little bit distracted um on that so I think I probably um you know it'd be nice not to have to worry about that for a bit and and just um yeah just be able to train a bit more for enjoyment and um, whatnot. So, like, there's definitely things I think about that I can improve on. So, there's 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 things that I've jotted down that I think where I could find some more time and and make improvements for for a subsequent attempt. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed the time. Had a great time just making a holiday of it as well. Like, it was such a beautiful place. Um, so, it's a pretty good excuse to to go and see a new place and, um, you know, take some time out with the family. They had a great time as well. The, the kids really enjoyed um, being there on the day and, and my parents came over as well and, and really enjoyed it. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens. All right, Tim, now that we've completed the Bustled and Ironman and we've wrapped up our chat about the race, where to with the podcast from here? Can listeners tune in for future episodes? Yeah, it's... Good question. I guess we're interested in what the listeners say, but maybe we'll try and touch base with Mick and Cynthia um, and, and get some reflections with them. Um, I've also reached out to Lucy Bartholomew and hope to be able to catch up with her just briefly um, to chat about her experience at Busso as well. Um, but maybe, maybe we might sporadically record in the future. Maybe we'll take on another challenge. Who knows? Um, We'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. But it's been fun tracking this journey over the last couple of years with you and obviously then actually completing it finally. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think initially the podcast, we we started it out to be a, just a bit of a laugh and didn't think too many people would listen. But yeah, it's, it's really grown into what it has become. So thanks for the last couple of years. It's been good fun. All right, well, that's a wrap, Matt. Um, thanks again listeners you can follow us at Road to Busso on Instagram we'll probably do a bit of a photo dump from uh, a few more photos from the race and our time in Bustleton but thanks again Matt for the last couple of years Um, thanks listeners for following us on this journey and um, stay tuned for perhaps a couple more special episodes see you later